0: You're tuning in to Rusty Thomas, where once a week he brings the brilliance of Scripture to every dynamic of life. For the last 40 years, Rusty has served the Lord as a father, minister, and political figure on the streets, churches, and capitals in our nation and abroad. You are going to hear compelling truths that will prayerfully build up your faith and equip you to meet the challenges of life with the confidence of God's Word. This is Kingdom Moments with my father, Rusty Thomas. Well, howdy, folks. Welcome to another episode with Kingdom Moments with Rusty Thomas. So glad you're here today. Now, listen, um, you may be hearing some things in the background. We got a full house always, and... um and we have crying babies we have a little puppy uh, one of the things i promised my family is once we move to florida and get our own home we are gonna get a puppy and sure enough we got an australian sheepdog in our midst and this dog has been been yapping so if that comes across i'm so sorry but you know it's life and uh serving the lord with what we have and doing the best we can so welcome brothers and sisters god's grace and peace be unto you so today i was going to minister a word uh, specifically to men uh this is american reformations church call to men um it's been no secret, uh, when it came to the church plant, the American Reformation church, we have some stated goals and visions and missions and things of this nature. You know, we talked about mercy ministries, you know, caring for the poor, clothing the naked, you know, ministering to the widow and the orphan, things of that nature. We've, uh, started our evangelistic team from the church and, you know, going out into the highways and byways, you know, presenting the gospel of the kingdom at the exposed areas, uh, at abortion mills, the, 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 you know, the death camps, uh, in Florida and, uh, you know, other opportunities of evangelism. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're starting to, you know, really beginning to function and grow and serve. And we're, you know, we're, we're blessed to see that we're, we're implementing, you know, different parts of the vision and mission. And of course, we concentrate on the four F's of our church, which is faith, fatherhood, family, and freedom. So everything that drives us, everything that pushes us forward, you know, is is based on our vision and mission. And, um, you know, one of the things that we have clearly stated from the beginning is that we are purposely seeking out men for the gospel of the kingdom. Now, it's important that you understand this is not based on some archaic misogynist impulse that most would level accusations against us. No, this is, this is based on divine strategy. And again, what's the purpose? To advance the gospel of the kingdom. So when we say we're, 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 we're calling out to men to answer the call, this is based upon the careful study of Holy Scripture, you know God's design and creation, His roles for men, women, and children, His governments, and His purposes for humanity. I mean, the stats are in, even on a scientific basis. You know, when a child comes to faith in Christ, yes, there's a a certain percentage of people uh, of that family that will follow and surrender to the Lordship of Christ. And if the wife and the mother um, do so, then yes, a certain portion of the family will follow. But when the man submits to the lordship of christ and becomes a born again son of god uh it's in the high 90s of families that will follow and uh their dad you know in the faith and of course when you realize uh the apostle paul remember when he was uh in the great uh prison miracle where you know he was beaten, and you know he's with Silas, and it's midnight, and they're singing hymns and praising God, they're worshiping him, you know in a very difficult situation they're they're battered, they're bruised. Uh, it's dark. They're in a dank prison, right? Not the best of circumstances, you know, but they worship him, and they praise him, and sure enough, God shows up, and he shows off, and there's this miraculous intervention, and he, you know, shakes the prison, like literally at its foundations, and you know, doors swing wide open, the chains fall off the prisoners, and of course, the, uh, the, the prison warden, he's freaking out, his life is on the line, if anybody escapes, you know, it costs his life, and he comes trembling, you know, because Paul's saying, don't harm yourself, don't harm yourself, we're all here, and, um, he comes trembling on his knees, and, you know, basically asks the, you know, one million dollar question, what must I do to be saved, right, and, uh, you know, Paul ministers the gospel to him, and sure enough, and and Paul assures him, you and your household shall be saved. You and your household. So, parents, you know, struggling with maybe wayward children, you know, prodigal children, uh, just remind God in prayer of that promise. You and your household shall be saved. Don't ever give up on your kids, guys. Always get on your knees, cry out to them, uh, to the Lord on their behalf. Amen. So when we say this, you know, understand it. Th- this is based upon uh, the Bible. This is based even on scientific results, you know, that men are critically important Uh, to the advancement of the gospel of the kingdom in the earth, right? And so I do want you to also temper that, excuse me, with the understanding that men in God's kingdom, or when it comes to God's love or care, they are not superior in any wise to women or children. It's just true. It's just a fact. That if men return to their duties and responsibilities, after becoming partakers of God's salvation, it automatically brings blessing, love, care, protection, and provision for women and children and their need to thrive. And wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be great that if our children heard that joyful sound once again? Um... The scripture says, happy are our people when this happens, right? Blessed are this kind of uh, manifestation uh, in our homes, and we desperately need it in these days. So whatever kingdom, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness that captures the men of their culture and nation to a very large degree, powerfully impacts and controls the future. Now, there are many who have weighed in uh, on this issue particularly with young men being raised in this culture Uh, one of them is Jordan Peterson and uh, a while back he did a video challenging Christian churches about the plight of manhood in today's culture and I believe he got it right when he challenged the church over this issue young men need the church and get this, the church needs young men. And uh, Peterson went on uh, in this video to give Christian churches so a so-called kind of recipe, right? And so he encouraged church leaders, they needed to go out and put up a sign on their church, which reads, young men, you're welcome here. And, and, and honestly, brothers and sisters, that is so true we need young men and they desperately need us because you know peterson is looking around and he's observing the behavior of young men in this generation and he knows most are fatherless they're wandering they have no purpose they're confused they're angry they're lost they're withdrawn they're struggling with meaninglessness and effeminacy. And so the question that must be answered is why do most young men no longer look to the church and to God for their masculine identity, while at the same time they're being disenfranchised by our feminized nation and culture, right? This, this is a real problem. Like, why Why are they looking to, let's say, the Andrew Tates of this world? And uh, Michael Foster wrote a great book. It's called It's Good to Be a Man. And he even actually puts Peterson and Tate in the same category in the sense that they are sort of Absaloms in the sense that they know something has terribly gone wrong with men in this culture, and they are filling the void. So instead of David you know, providing the example for, you know, biblical masculinity and biblical manhood, you've got this Absalom, this usurper, you know, um, who, who, who both say some really good and accurate things about the plight of masculinity and femininity uh, in this nation, but they're not necessarily giving biblical counsel, or truth or principles to guide young men and so you know i've been i've been wrestling with this and thinking this through and i just started to recall in my mind you know it just in history how men called other men you know to action right to challenge them to to inspire them and um you know to go on great adventures, right? And and believe me, serving the Lord Jesus Christ, advancing the gospel of the kingdom, is probably the greatest venture of all. And it does take thinking, yes, and it does take prayer, um, but we also have to act upon our beliefs. Faith without works is dead, and we are to be a a people zealous for good works. You know that our light so shines before men that they see our good works, and what's the purpose? We want God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, to receive great glory. So as I was thinking that through, I remembered Ernest Shackleton, and he was uh, you know a British explorer, and uh, he he did some great exploits in his life, and. He was uh, determined to go on another hazardous expedition. He wanted to be the first one to cross Antarctica. And so he puts out an advertisement in a newspaper. And I want you to listen to this. Listen, like there's nobody today that would, would put out an ad, you know, with this kind of verbiage, this kind of language. But, you know, men were different back then. I mean, they had a spine. They, 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 they had to test her on. They, they, you know, they were more aggressive. They, they wanted to explore. They, they wanted to invent. They wanted to conquer. They, you know, they, they, they were wired and conditioned uh, in a totally different than what we are producing. Uh, and what we're seeing in young men today. So he- here, here's the ad. Men, men, wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, you, you put out this advertisement, right? And and here's the thing, it did resonate with men. It sort of reminded me too of the Lord of the Rings. Remember uh, Gimli's the dwarf's famous quote, right? Certainty of death, small chance of success. What are we waiting for, right? It's like there's there's this aspect you know, of calling men to action. And here's the amazing thing. 5,000 men clamored to answer Shackleton's call. Like pretty much if you you join this journey, most likely you're not going to survive. You're not going to return home. 5,000 men answered the call or tried to answer the call. And the ones chosen, man, they would come to understand. That ad was, was an understatement of what they were going to truly face because tragedy uh, struck uh, the ship, the Endurance. Um, as they were on their way to Antarctica, <clears throat> they were crushed between drifting ice flows. And so the ship, it sank in the Weddell Sea, and they never actually reached their mark, Antarctica. And they were literally, the, the, the ship sank, and all these men were stranded on these these ice floes. And they, they were stranded for three years in some of the most harshest, deadliest conditions on the earth. Uh, if you haven't um, heard about this expedition, it's Ernest Shackleton. Uh, the ship was called the Endurance. But again, just men... You know, uh, you know, hear this call, and it, it resonates. It, it it challenges them, and they they want to meet that challenge. And and quite frankly, uh, we're not doing that today, when it comes to the men of the church are calling men to God, and, and and to Christ, right? And so I was also kind of thinking through some things, and I remembered. Like, I think it started in 1985. This is when the Marine Corps uh, was recruiting. And they're always recruiting, you know, men uh, to join the military. And the Marine Corps, They, you know, they, they, they're like a step above, right? And so, you know, they did this commercial announcing they were looking for a few good men that had the metal to be Marines, and this commercial was, I mean, it it was pretty intense because they were using like raw metal, right that represented like a recruit to the Marines, right? this the raw metal and then fire and hammering that raw metal, right? through fire, through through hammering. You know, this raw metal becomes a sharp sword, you know, that a Marine carries. And I got to tell you, that kind of appeal resonated with young men, right? When they saw that, they were challenged to their core. And then they wonder, you know, do I have what it takes to be a Marine? Right? And so, you know, these people are tapping into that. And, and there are some men, when they see it, they go, yep, yeah, you know, I'm going to go for it. You know, I'm going to see. And I'm going to submit to this kind of rigorous training to find out who the heck I am and what kind of man I'm going to grow up to be. Amen? And <clears throat> and th- I was just also thinking through you know, even in history, like men like uh, William Wallace, right, the, the great Scottish freedom fighter, who, by the way, who not only has monuments in Scotland, he has monuments in other nations of the earth. Um, and, of course, uh, Mel Gibson uh, did the movie Braveheart and when you watch that movie there's a lot of inspirational lines and, and scenes and i remember one of the best is when you know w- william wallace is is challenging robert the bruce you know to unite the clans for Scotta's, for for scotland's freedom right and he's he's grabbing his arm and he's like unite us unite us and of course, Robert de Bruce is, you know, being influenced by his evil father, and who's cutting deals with England and usurping what, what Wallace is trying to do, you know, uh, in Scotland to free them from the tyranny of England. And uh, so, you know, Robert de Bruce is kind of pushing back, and finally, Wallace says to him, "Men don't follow titles; they follow courage." they don't follow titles, they follow courage, and then, of course, she had that incredible scene where uh, they're arrayed in battle, and England's on one side, Scotland's on the other side, and then the Scots, you know, they're just farmers, man, you know, they're not, they're not experienced soldiers like the English were, you know, trained, you know, and they see the the massive army arrayed against them. They get cold feet, and, you know, they want to take off. They want to run for home. And then here comes William Wallace, you know, on his horse, and he's challenging them to stay, you know. Don't run, you know, stand your ground kind of thing, right? And so he, he makes this, like, famous speech in the movie. He goes, I fight and you may die. Run, and you live at least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they will never take our freedom, right? And, you know, there, there are times... Like where certain men, you know, it's like it's in their bones. It's in their guts, right? It's a part of their soul. And when they shout it, when they speak it, it just, boom, it resonates in the hearts of other men. Um, and that's throughout the Bible uh, and, and, and throughout history. Men, you know, inspiring other men to courage to bravery, to be strong and do great exploits in the name of the Lord. Even God himself challenged Joshua. And if you remember that scenario, Moses, the old lion, is gone. And he's gone at a pretty intense part of israel's journey from egypt going into the promised land i mean they're on the threshold of entering the promised land and the old lion is gone god told moses go up in the mountain lie down and die and moses of course obeys right he does get a glimpse of the promised land but moses had invested A lot of his leadership and discipleship into Joshua okay he poured into his life and he was preparing him for this time where he was gonna step down and Joshua was gonna have to go further up and further in and it's a daunting task Moses is dead that's a serious blow to the morale of Israel as they're going into the promised land. Yeah, they gave they gave God and Moses a lot of grief, a lot of grief. In fact, they went back and forth. You know, look, I can't do this anymore, or Moses, get out of my way, I'm going to kill them, right? I mean, it was just this back and forth thing between Moses and God struggling, you know, to, to lead this nation and fulfill the promise of bringing them into the land, right? I mean, it was incredible, drama going on right and and joshua he has to inherit all this he has to inherit their stiff neckness you know their 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 hard hearts uh, in fact uh, <laughs> they, they assure him as we were with moses so we're gonna be with you well are you saying that to comfort me i know how you treated moses right and so moses has to complete the job He has to take the children of Israel to possess the land. This is a daunting, serious task, and he is filling huge shoes, huge. And here comes God, and he says this to him over and over again. And and believe me, when God repeats himself, it's not because he has a stuttering problem. He is trying to reemphasize emphasize How important this is. It's like when Jesus says, verily, verily, or truly, truly, he is saying, you know, listen up, listen up. I'm about to drop a nugget on you. I'm about to impart wisdom. You know, open up your ears and be careful, not only what you hear, but how you hear. And so here's Joshua, and God comes to him. He says, have not I commanded you, be strong and of a good courage and brothers and sisters that is true when god speaks to men especially in covenant he he presupposes strength to men in 1 corinthians 16 13 you know watch you know be firm in the faith be strong right quit ye like men right he's he's commanding men to be strong and that's that's just strong spiritually Men, listen, we are out of shape. We don't have the mental toughness. We don't have the sinews in our bodies anymore. We have been so feminized and made weak in our bodies. We don't have the toughness of mind to handle the rigors of life anymore. You know, our bodies are weak. Our, Our minds are weak. You know, our bodies are sick, right? overweight. It's just, it's, just, it's just like there's been forces that has just been assigned to just extract the strength out of our bodies, our minds, and our spirit. And here is God saying, be strong and of a good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Now, why would God say that to Joshua? because everything he's thinking, everything he's facing, every challenge set before him is screaming to be fearful, to be dismayed, you know, to struggle intensely. He says, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And in other portions, he's just said, hey, listen, look to my word, look to my commandments, look to the truth. Don't ever let them go, you know, and I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. And understand that, brothers and sisters, we have that promise from Almighty God that he is in us, that he is with us, and that he is for us. And if he's for us, who?" can stand against us amen and so this kind of inspirational call that God gives to men and that men throughout history have given to other men it has to make a comeback in this generation I believe it's critically important for the future and hope of our children and our grandchildren So that kind of leads us to the two types of men that we are calling to the American Reformation Church. And this is a call. Do you have ears to hear? Well, the first kind of man we're looking for is able men, capable men. We are looking for men of God who are done playing church. And really want to be the church we're looking for men whose families are in divine order and their economic status is stable see we need older men to be an example to younger men and we want these men to follow the example of the Lord who is a father to the fatherless you know We have to understand the generation that God has placed us in as his people, as his bride, his church, his army in the world. There is a huge father wound, a huge father hurt. That's why these young men are wandering, lost and withdrawn they're giving up on their manhood. They just bang their head against this feminized nation and saying, what's the use? If I try to be a man, they hate me for it. They criticize me for it, right? And so we're needing men who has that heart, that desires to be a father to the fatherless, men who will exemplify the christian faith and be willing to disciple and mentor young men so critically important just like in you know titus you know chapter two where god calls the elder women to invest in younger women right to teach them good things you know how to be, you know, lovers of their husbands, children, chase, keepers at home, that the word of God be not blasphemed, right? So critically important, while well, elder men need to make an investment in younger men, right? And this is where, we, we're, we're, again, we talked about not playing church, but being the church, right? Because so many men, honestly, are sitting in churches, very passive. They're kind of spectating as the world passes them by. Well, God hasn't wired us to be passive and spectate. He's wired us to be active and advancing his kingdom in the earth. See, most Christian men today, sadly, they're living their manhood osmosis through action movies and sporting events. And here's the thing, brothers. He doesn't just want you to study the Bible and study history. He wants you to make redemptive history. So critically important. And the Bible tells us those who know the Lord shall be strong and do exploits. And I know one of the great needs right now is we need stable elderly men who have wisdom and experience. And will take the time to bring other young men under their wing and pour into their lives, to disciple them, to mentor them, to prepare them for the rigors of life, and to, you know, raise them up and uh, build them up in their most holy faith so they'll grow up, you know, to be capable men. That will fulfill their duties and responsibilities before God, and that will bring a great blessing unto others. Amen. And so we need those kind of men, right? And if you're, if you're, if you have those qualities and you're willing to go on another great adventure in serving the Lord and advancing His kingdom, listen. And, and I, you know, I'm telling this to some of the men that are that are moving from out of state. There, there is no... I, I can't see anywhere in the scriptures or throughout history. There is no great advancement of the kingdom of God without risk. You know, and again, I, I don't know if we've gotten so lazy or so comfortable with this American lifestyle that we're not willing to risk much for the cause of Christ. But brothers... You know, advancing the kingdom—it's risky business. Believe me, I've lost a lot along the way in serving the Lord in this battle for the souls of men, the lives of children, and the future of our nation. But the Lord's preserved us; His grace is sufficient. Amen. I'm just—I'm just letting you know we're very serious about this. Uh, at the American Reformation Church. We need godly, stable, able men that can serve as an example to others, especially young men who are just starting in life. And by the way, we got a lot of young couples in our church. We We got 15 babies and two more on the way any moment right now. And so we got these young couples. They're starting in life. They're building their families building their businesses and um and they're going through it and and they need they need you know older godly wise men and women to invest in their life and so the second call is to the young men all right Picture, if you will, a billboard, you know, on our church, American Reformation Church. Young men, come here, right? You're needed, and you are. And so I want to put out this call to young men. Are you done wandering? Have you had enough of sin and its painful consequences? Do you hunger and thirst for a transcendent purpose that is greater than you? Something worth living for? Something worth dying for? Are you willing to put the yoke on, to become humble, to be taught, trained, discipled, mentored by older, wiser men? Are you willing to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, to repent of your sin, to put your faith and trust in Christ and Him alone? Why is that important? Because that's how you become his son, his soldier, and his servant. And that is how you fulfill your destiny here upon the earth. Well, young man, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what your struggles are. I don't know if you know the Lord. But I will tell you this. Coming to know the Lord, young man, settles two critically important issues. Because you will never know you until you know the creator, the one who knitted you together in your mother's womb. You'll never know you, nor your purpose, nor your meaning, nor your value, nor your destiny without knowing your creator. And so when you submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ, when you bow the knee and the will to God Almighty, and you become a born-again son or daughter of God, where the Spirit of the living God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, comes and dwells in you and regenerates your dead soul and makes you alive. Believe me, that settles a lot of issues here on earth. And once God takes up residence in your life, he begins to guide and direct and show you the way. Yeah, through the darkness, through the loneliness, through the tough times, right? He's there. He promised never to leave us, never to forsake us, amen? And so, you know, coming to Christ and following Him, see, that settles your purpose here on earth. You actually find your purpose so critically important. That's why so many young men are being tossed to and fro. That's why they're wandering, right? They have no purpose. And so what are they doing? They're giving up on life. They're just giving up, right? Well, don't do that. Don't don't throw your life away. Give it back to the Lord who gave it to you in the first place. Surrender to him look to him, put your faith in him, follow him. So critically important. And of course, the secondary issue that is settled, it's the eternal question. Where do I go after I die? See, there is one who has come, who's conquered death. We don't have to be afraid of that hole in the ground anymore. And so when Christ says, follow me, that's even follow him through the veil of the shadow of death and he'll bring you safely to the other side. See, one of the things that Christ offers when we surrender to his lordship, it's the gift of eternal life. So critically important because when you consider death, there's a great question mark in most people's minds and it scares. It scares them to death. (laughs) It scares them to death, right? There's a fear, and with fear brings torment. And I got to tell you, once life, the life issue is settled in your soul, and you know that all is well between you and God, you can be fearless. You could be filled with courage. You could look suffering and death in the eye and know you're going to overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of your testimony, and not loving your life so much as to shrink back from death. So, young men, I want you to know you got a place at the American Reformation Church. Are you willing? Are you willing to go on an adventure? Are you, are you willing to come and submit to be trained and discipled and mentored to be poured into to become the man that you know deep down inside God wants you to become and be, amen? Well, that's, that's the invitation, brothers. We need older men who will invest in younger men and we need younger men who'd be willing to put the yoke on. And here's the thing. Young men, we can't force it on you. We can't force it on you. We're not here to dominate you. We're here to serve. Okay? We're here to serve so you become the men that God has called you to be. All right? And so then, and then you can duplicate this. You grow. You mature. You gain wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. You gain experience. And then what do you do? You pass it on to the next generation. And what do they do? They pass it on to the next generation. And this is how we're going to advance the gospel of the kingdom in the earth. Amen? So, hey, guys, if you're willing, come join us. At the American Reformation Church, we are very serious about investing into the life of men that we might all grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ and become what God has called us to be as men for his glory and the benefit of others. Well, that's it for today. This is Kingdom Moments with Rusty Thomas. And as usual, we want you to keep pressing on to that high calling prize in Jesus' name. God bless you saints, till next time.